Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Let's focus on a developing story. In the last few hours, the board of the Vancouver Folk Music Festival uh, say it has rescinded the motion that would have permanently shut down the festival. Now, the vote to dissolve the society was initially scheduled for February 1st, but the date was pushed back by a month or so. Now, the board has said that several parties have offered possible solutions, so that is very uh, great news. And as you may recall, uh, news broke of the potential cancellation just a few weeks ago. Uh, after the board said that it would need an extra $500,000 to produce a, a festival, like many music festivals, uh, they have been dealing with significant challenges when it comes to production costs, particularly in a post-COVID uh, environment. Joining us now is Gary Crystal. He's co-founder of the Vancouver Folk Music Festival. He was also its first coordinator and its second artistic director. Gary, thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. First of all, your thoughts on the uh, the, the news of, of today that it looks like they've rescinded the motion to I'm dissolve. delighted. I was part of a group of people, fairly large group, that opposed dissolving the society and was uh, clamoring for them to withdraw the motion to dissolve. And I'm really happy that they uh, listened to the voice of the uh, vox populi, I guess the phrase is, <laughs> and uh, have withdrawn the motion to dissolve the society. So why do you think they had actually gone out a couple of weeks ago and all this news uh, that had, you know, with the release and everything, that they were going to potentially shut down the folk festival, and there were significant challenges. What has challenge- changed in two weeks? Well, I don't know. I mean, I would have to understand why they did it in the first place, which I thought was to use a, a tough phrase, somewhat idiotic, um, to dissolve the society, whether or not you do a festival or what kind of festival. I think basically they were amazed at the hundreds and hundreds, I suppose thousands of people who started ragging on them and saying, don't do it, and they've pulled back. I, I, I don't know any other way to explain it other than like, I could be kind and say they've come to their senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Hemming, uh, who is a vice president at the Vancouver Folk Music Festival, uh, was on my colleague Jill Bennett's show just a, uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half ago. Oh, yeah. uh, take a listen to his comments. In January, middle of January, we did issue a, um, a release saying that uh, the festival in 2023 wasn't going to be happening and that we were actually putting forward a motion at our AGM to dissolve the uh, Folk Festival Society. Since then, though, uh, we have had a, such a tremendous outpouring of, of love and support for the festival from the people who attend the festival, from the members. The folks spoke, and uh, at a, a, we've decided that given the uh, this outpouring, of support for the festival, that there there may well be a, a, a way forward for the festival and for the society. So we have decided to take the, the motion off the table. So Gary, that would probably be you and people like you who have come forward. And, uh, yeah, we were the ones with the torches and agricultural <laughs> implements marching on the castle. <laughs> so it, it, that is wonderful. Uh, at the same time, you still need probably half a million dollars to deal with all the, the challenges that are there uh, before the, the, the Folk Music Festival. How do you think they'll find that half a million? Well, 
first, I'm not convinced they need half a million dollars. I've looked at the budget, and I, I know a little bit about the festival, having run it for a while, mm-hmm. way back. I think, and other people who, who also know a lot more about it, say that the uh, budget is a kind of pessimist budget. It's, uh, there's areas where money can be saved, so I don't know. Um, I know that the existing board wants to go out and raise funds, and I guess they hope that uh, wonderful things are going to happen and a whole bunch of money comes in. Uh, it's all, all I can say. I, I think the, the, the thing is that, that it may be true for a series of, of reasons that you can't run a festival that looked like the one that was there, but that doesn't mean you dissolve a society. That was our point, was mm-hmm. to take another look at it, but keep the society alive. I think, frankly, it needs new leadership. I think trusting a board that said that they'd run out of ideas and couldn't see a way forward and had to, we're going to dissolve the society, I'm not sure that they are the people to take it forward. I think there's other voices out there and other energy that can be brought to bear, and hopefully uh, some of those people will be able to get involved. Uh, What you're saying essentially is a much smaller folk festival, potentially, if if the money isn't there. I don't Uh, know. I don't know if it's smaller. I mean, one of the options is how much... I mean, there are two big costs for your festival, one of which is building a site, Mm -hmm. and that seems to be the most challenging. But there's also uh, the question of uh, how much you're spending on artists and which artists. We used to pay everyone the same years ago. Uh, that's no longer the case, so I'm not sure how, whether or not you can economize there, whether or not you can economize on the site. I don't think it necessarily needs to be smaller. It may need to be different. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing is, and they've done that, is you take the motion to dissolve off the table. Then at least you can have a discussion without a gun being held to your head and saying, we're going to kill the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the only festival. I think it's fair to say that that's de- not. They're all dealing with the post-COVID environment of, of uh, attracting, uh, you know, funding, attracting, uh, just having the f- upfront production costs that are required. Uh, yep. So it's not the only one that's uh, under the gun here. No, no, and I've said uh, in <laughs> in a number of conversations, there's a hundred folk festivals in Canada right now, roughly, and only one of them says they can continue. So I think it's not indicative of a systemic problem. It's indicative of a Vancouver problem. And Vancouver is a little bit different. I was saying to somebody the other day, count the number of porta-potties that are on construction sites as you drive around and you see some of the challenges that the festival faces in terms of site costs. But... uh, no, I think I think I think it will be an inter- hopefully an open and interesting conversation on how to move forward and who should move the thing forward. But I think that some form of folk music festival in Jericho Beach Park is possible this year. But for you and uh, your co-founders, those are very much interested in the folk music festival. For you to convince the board uh, um, uh, to continue in your mind, still speaks to a lack of vision and desire, and, and you would like to see that the, the board replaced. Yeah, I think that uh, when, when, a, when a leadership runs out of room and road and says it's time to kill the organization, they are probably not the best people to take it forward. Yeah. Gary, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure.